Hey everybody, this is the Spawn on Me cast. This is Khalif Adams and my boy Cicero Holmes. We are here and this is episode 8. How's everybody doing? How are you doing, C? I'm doing alright. It is a wonderful day here in Bricago. Thanks for having me. Thanks guys for coming back. And uh, how are you, Ka? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I had a really cool experience on the train this week. Uh, I took a picture of a person without them knowing it until my flash went off uh, because I was trying <laughs> to capture their beautifully coiffed hair, uh, trying to see and live vicariously through them and their scalp. Uh, so <laughs> it wasn't cool until uh, the flash went off. And then they kind of looked at me like, what was going on? You know, so having, unless the dude was Stevie Wonder, having the flash go off and and you taking the picture means that you weren't able to actually take the picture without him knowing it. What did he do? He didn't do anything because weirdly, I don't know if it was because he didn't, you know, if it's the New York thing to do where people just don't acknowledge anything. (laughs) <laughs> unless it's like death in the street uh but he didn't really do anything which made me think i got away with it but then like two other people behind me kind of looked at me like what are you doing why are you taking pictures of people on the train and i was like yo his hair is dope he was like super saiyan super scion with a little bit of like abercrombie and fitch mixed in there and i was like yeah well, that's dope how can you his not appreciate hair, this his hair level was above nine thousand. Nine thousand. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was crazy. So I was just like, "Oh, okay, let me see if I can get away with it." It was, it was so anti-stealth. There was no stealth on that at all. I lost mad stealth points. So, uh, you know, that's all right. That's what happens. That's what happens yeah. when you try to do sneaky crap on the train, and then people <laughs> you you tell on yourself. Right. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to appreciate the beauty while it lasts. As opposed to when it's gone, like, uh, you know, like everything else, dodo birds. Everything fades away. Yes. <laughs> into the nothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But yeah. I got the picture and I posted it. I actually will put the link in the show notes um, nice. of, the, of the Instagram photo. So right. you, yes. you, you guys will get to look through my eyes like it was Oculus Rift. Right. You get to find out that that uh, one of your favorite co-hosts of your favorite show is a little bit creepy and kind of a stalker. <laughs> That's what I do in my in my, right. my <laughs> in my spare time. I stalk people with nice hair. <laughs> I'm like the dark man of hair. Right. <laughs> Walk around, rolling up on people like, "Hey, your hair is real nice. Can I touch it?" Can oh, I touch it? Oh man! Can I touch your uh, hair? Listen, oh, man. you gotta leave the white people's hair alone. Black people are always trying to touch white people's hair. Leave it alone. <laughs> oh man! Word, word, uh, word. Um, check so down stereotypes. Yeah, I know, right? Check stereotype. Um, <clears throat> so we had a, a a full contest this week. Uh, it actually wasn't a full contest. We actually wanted people to participate uh, even more because I was gonna give out like twenty bucks in PSN money. Or twenty bucks in Xbox Live money, you blew um, it. And only one person really participated, uh, and that was Milton. I hear you. I see you, Milton. I see you out there. We are not naming the show after you because that would not be okay. But we do help. We do hope that uh, everybody else would kind of participate. Yeah. And uh, that didn't happen, so I'm sad. 
It's okay. Right. Well, you know, hey, look. So I know that our audience skews black. You know, it definitely skews to the to the better tans of the world. But understand, people, that you can't. We can't hear you when you yell at the podcast. <laughs> so it's not like a movie. You got to be able to. You got to contact us. Hit us on on Twitter or on Facebook or uh, email us. Um, hell, some of you actually have my number. Call me. Because you know, people, we're old, so people still do that. You better you not even call me, me about some about some podcast feedback. Don't better not right. call me. <laughs> I'm gonna call you as soon as the podcast is over. I'm gonna call you. Be like you like, mother suckers. Right? Hey, we we're gonna have to record this again. No. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Which uh, you know, peek behind the curtain, really, really quickly. Uh, yeah, we had some technical difficulties, so this is a. Uh, we've done this episode a couple of times. Yeah, we've done this episode almost three <laughs> times at this point. Um, and it's, it's been it's, it's been a man. It's been amazing every time. Yeah, every time, every time. And this time, this time is going to be amazing as yeah. well. Yeah, this is the one you'll get to hear. Yeah, so it's funny because <laughs> the, the first the first story that we wanted to talk about was the Last of Us going to PS4, and I think honestly this will be the last of me if we have to record this again. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do another podcast again. Oh my gosh! But yeah, um, yeah it's really interesting. There was a cat that kind of came out of the bag where uh, Sony kind of let it loose, or not Sony, but another um, uh, forum let it loose. Basically, that they wanted to do a PS4 version of The Last of Us, and we kind of been batting around. You know, what do we think about that? And I don't know if that's really necessary. Um, I wonder what was the impetus behind them putting that out or, or I guess making sure that that was coming to market. It, it, it's, it's interesting because I don't see where, if you haven't played it before, I can see there being a market for you, but for everybody else who's already played it, I don't see why they would want to do that for, for them. I don't know if it's even for them. So I wonder, what do you think? See, well, so I, I definitely think. There are a couple of things, but, the, you know, the first first and foremost, there are a group of people that are PS4 owners that didn't that weren't PS3 owners. So they weren't able to play all of the games that were uh, the the prolific exclusives of the PS3's generation. And, and Last of Us is definitely one of those games. So the fact that it's going to be available for uh, new Sony family members um, is a, is a great thing. Um, one of the things uh, that I know was true for me, and it may may have been true for a, a few people, is that last year I knew that I was going to, going to, going to buy a new console in November. So I was really trying to save up all of my money and all of my game purchasing power for the end of the year. And as a result, most of the games throughout the course of of 2013 suffered or at least i didn't buy them purchase them i you know i played a few um and maybe there were some people that were like me that own ps3s um but didn't want to buy titles knowing that in you know in subsequent months they would be either trading in their ps3 or trading in a lot of stuff or investing a lot of money in a new console so maybe they didn't get a chance to play last of us um and, you know, here's a perfect opportunity to do it. Uh, th- the question I have for you is, 
do you like this trend? The trend that I think I, I'm starting to see is instead of the HD remix, you know, or, or taking old games and, and making them new again and, and remixing them, uh, we are going to see that with the Halo 2 anniversary. But the the new trend is like this director's cut, this definitive edition, um, a la Tomb Raider, a la Last of Us. Um, how do you feel about about that happening um i think the 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 one game where i felt a little bit burned on that was injustice um okay injustice was out on the ps3 i had purchased it at launch i was super hyped for it and then you kind of expect that there's going to be a game of the year edition which you kind of you know you deal with that and you understand it's coming but you want to play it as soon as it comes out um but the weird thing was when a lot of people got their PS4s and decided that they wanted to play uh, Injustice on PS4, there wasn't really a a upgrade path for those people. They they right. had the beginning stages where they did that with um, uh, Battlefield and uh, I think NBA 2K, where you could right. buy it on the previous gen console, and then for ten bucks more, you'd be able to upgrade it to the uh, next gen version. Last of Us. You know, I don't know how that really works for a single player game. Things that are more multiplayer focused, it seems like that would be a, a thing you'd have to worry about more because you have progress that, that, that tra- transfers over from one system to the other. There's been some issues with that with other games prior, actually, and that's been really weird. Uh, so, like, I played Batman Arkham, Arkham City, and Arkham City, I played the vanilla version, and then the Game of the Year version came out. I traded it in because it was buggy. And said, well, maybe they'll fix it on the Game of the Year edition and tried to play with my old game save and it wouldn't come over. <clears throat> Had to start everything back from the beginning. Um, Red Dead Redemption was the same way. Mm. I think that what companies have to do. <laughs> you got a shitty hard drive, bro. My hard drive. <laughs> it's not even that. It's the way, the, the way that they actually do the saves. They look at the saves completely differently. Right. And I have a shitty hard drive. But <laughs> but I think I think, you know. Sony and, and, and all game companies looking forward need to kind of understand that there is going to be some kind of want for an upgrade path for people to be able to get from their old system to their new system. I mean, they won't really need it this gen. They'll need it in the beginning of next of whatever the next gen is, but they need to be cognizant of that. Uh, and it's not like they didn't know that there was going to be a PS4 version. They knew this when they made the PS3 version, especially if this is already coming out. You know, this doesn't seem like a decision that was somewhere in the middle of um, just a conversation that came up recently. It was like, hey, you know what, guys? We should make a PS4 version of this. It's well, one of the biggest selling games that you've made. Well, the, the, I mean, the game came out a year ago. I, you know, I, I think that's it's one of those things that the momentum for The Last of Us. The Last of Us is a really strange game that that is, is one of those games. That's, it's a rare game that. The the longer it was out, the more people talked about it, and right. you know it it's it's a game. You know, a lot of people think I and even I mistakenly thought that the game was out much later, September October. The game came out in June or July, so it, it'll but before it'll be a year probably before the PS4 version comes out. Right. Um. So I think I think what happened was you know once the early returns started coming in on on the title and and you know they were starting to get some of the reviews back they knew that they had a hit on their hands and there was probably a decision made 
um, yeah, probably November or not November, probably September, October ish to to start playing around and seeing what you could do to port port the title over to the to the new console. I would say, though, that the one thing that I find a little bit troubling is, at least in this particular game, there isn't much that can come from a newer version besides right. basically bundling all the uh, DLC together, which there wasn't really a lot of to begin with. Right, right. You're not going to see that big of a graphical leap between the PS3 version and the PS4 version, so I don't understand, again, except for, the I guess, the money grab is the reason for, for putting this out. Um it it would be it will be interesting to see how that all plays itself out. See if it actually sells well. I I'm on the fence about if I would get it because I'd like to get rid of my PSV version. If it does graphically have a little bit of more oomph to it, that would be cool. But if not, I don't really see the reason why people would go out and, and cop it. So, well, so all right, so so we talking we're talking Last of Us, and you're talking about games with with replay value. What about and and Last of Us not having a lot of it. What about a game that does have a lot of replay value in Grand Theft Auto V? Now, we know that a PC version is forthcoming soon. It still hasn't officially been announced, but but we all know that it's coming soon. Rumor has it that there will be a PS3, a PS4 and Xbox One version um, that comes out probably around the same time. I suspect that it will be a port of the PC version. And we know that with Grand Theft Auto Online, there's news that just came out that Heist will be available on GTA Online on April 20th. Um, so in a couple of weeks, I'm really excited about that. It's one of the games, one of the few games that I still own my 360 to play. Um, so what about a game like that? Would you be interested in, even if it graphically was, was the same, would you be interested in playing that on, on your PS4? See, Grand Theft is a a little bit different, though, um, because Grand Theft at this point is still the definitive open world game. Um, I think it does so many things differently that other open world games haven't done yet. There is there is a small part of me that doesn't want to play that game again, but there's also a part (laughs) with the online that makes me me want to guess your game save got corrupted. Yep. My game save got corrupted. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You might be right about my hard drive. I totally didn't think about that until right now. <laughs> my hard drive might be fucked. It totally oh, might be my hard That's what happens when you buy things at launch. Your hard, drive, your hard drives die. Nobody buy Khalif's PS3 when he sells it. <laughs> Don't I'm gonna, buy I'm going to eBay it right after the end of this show. Um, but I would, I would totally buy that. Damn, that's so messed up. I would totally buy another version of GTA V, though. Um, okay. I'm, I'm probably going to buy another ver- I'm probably going to buy the PS3 version again uh, sometime this week because I, I, I've been wanting to dig back into the online since people have kind of said that it's gotten a little bit better I should have some money still waiting on me because I didn't get any of that money that uh, they used when they when they screwed up oh yeah yeah you got at least at least a half a million yeah so I should have like ducats rolling in when yeah. I go out there unless yeah. I get shot and then I'm not in passive mode and everybody takes yeah. all my money Oh, uh-huh. you, you know what? You know what? I've got to I've got to say this really quickly about uh, GTA Online because I didn't say it before and I am really excited about it. So so when when Kai jumps on, he's going to have half a million dollars, but you probably won't have a house because he's homeless. So he'll be like the richest homeless dude on uh, on GTA Online. <laughs> but 
but so you can you know for everyone that's played it and loves it blah 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 um you know you've got your crib you got your fat penthouse and you got 10 cars in your garage and you're like eh, you know shit now i gotta sell a car because da, 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 they're gonna come out with new cars there'll be new jobs there'll be heists but you'll also be able to buy at least one additional property with a garage oh so really? you can have two cribs oh that's dope because right now yeah. all i have is a warehouse in the middle of the desert Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm rocking that warehouse one because I was like super poor, and I was like, "Can oh. I get the? Can I just get this spot with a garage so people don't take my cars all the time?" Oh, oh man. that's you, dope! All right, you live out, you live out by Trevor. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing the whole in a van down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that basically. So, yeah, okay, oh. good. That's good so, to know. Yeah, so you can, you, yeah, so you can get a summer home. Yeah, I can get it. I can have a summer home. That's awesome. Yes, yeah. Well, I'm not, know, we'll, I think my summer home is going to be in Chicago, though. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going. I think I'm going. I think I'm going to be bi-coastal. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll rock right. one. I mean, you just you're just gonna you're gonna jump right out of the Rockstar game and right into the Ubisoft game of Watch Dogs. That's the way. I, that's the way I make my, I make my transition, son. All right. The, All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna live in New York. I'm gonna hang out in GTA Five land, and then I I will I will autumn in Chicago. <laughs> All right, run off. Word, run word, on. word. So, so what do you think about that uh, the new uh, Watch Dogs trailer? Yeah, the Welcome to Chicago trailer. So it, so it still looks like it still doesn't look as good as it did last year. Apparently, the new year it's aged and it hasn't aged well. Um, some would say that it looks like shit. I would say that it looks like shit. Um, <laughs> um, it, I mean, no, it doesn't. It doesn't look like shit. Um, it just has shit-like qualities. Wow. Um, but 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 the the trailer, if you guys haven't seen it, is is like two or three minutes long, and it talks about all of the little touches that made them decide to use Chicago as their locale for 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 the game and and how they utilize Chicago as a character within within uh watchdogs. And while I've been disappointed and 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 critical of the degradation in graphical fidelity, I I will applaud the level of intrigue that's in it that the this trailer specifically has instilled in me um there are quite a few moments where i raised my eyebrows thinking about the possibilities of the of the different things that they added to the game yeah are you are you looking forward to trying to run around the city and see things that you that you know that they are, exist in real life yeah, absolutely absolutely so you know uh so i've lived in chicago for 7 years now um, and there hasn't been a game yet, uh, at least, at least to my knowledge, that's really done, done this city and, and kind of, you know, mapped the city the way that, that Ubisoft saying that they, that they've done with watchdogs. So it'll really be exciting to see that. And, and quite frankly, I don't know if there's really been a game as true to life to to the whole city as this game purports to be um obviously rockstar with gta 4 and doing you know doing my hometown of, of new york city and and you know manhattan and and brooklyn and very little small parts of the bronx 
Um, they did, you know, they did a, a, a good job, but it wasn't, you know, obviously it wasn't one-to-one the way that Watch Dogs or the way that Ubisoft is purporting that Watch Dogs will be. So that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun to, to do, uh, you know, go and check out Harold's Chicken, see, <laughs> see if the Harold's, the Harold's is there and get me a, a, a quarter white with some hot sauce. Hot sauce and barbecue. Oh, I just made me really hungry. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, so so we talk we talk off cast um, a lot about about you know Costell being in New York and and me being here in Chicago. And after we get off, you know, after we we're finished casting, Cos always like, all right, I'm going to the Chinese spot to get some food, or I just got some food from the Chinese spot, oh, some chicken wings, some chicken wings and fried like rice. I, I am shouting you out, and this is the reason. This is the reason that I'm shouting you out. The reason that I'm shouting shouting them out is because I am jealous as shit. Listen, Chicago, I love you. I love you. I love you. But your pizza is quiche, <laughs> and your Chinese food. It's not the move. It's not the move. So and so 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 you know if if there are some New York listeners listening right now and you love me, then you will send me some pork fried rice because the fried rice here there's something there's something it must be the water or something I don't know what it is but in Chicago it's just not the same. So um, but having said all of that, you need to get yourself some Harold's chicken because Harold's. Harold's is for real. Like people want to know what you want to eat when you come to Chicago. You have a steak and you have a hot dog and some deep dish pizza. You need some Harold's. Go ahead and get you some Harold's. You'll be good. You'll be good. Now, now you know. So now, so now we all have to understand that if Watch Dogs does not have Harold's, it loses at least two and a half stars. Yes, and absolutely. at least forty points on the Metacritic score. Yeah, not having Harold's chicken in it. <laughs> not having Harold's chicken. Oh no! Um, I, I mean, okay. So the besides not having Harold's, it, there's a lot of things I don't know if it necessarily has. Right? It has okay. a lot of um, uh, interesting ideas of how they want the world to work. You know, there was that Polygon uh, talk about Polygon uh, story that talked about why they were being delayed, and you know, they basically wanted to add more AI to the to the to the world. Give them more deep, interesting stories, and also bring people closer to the, the the hacking part of the game. They said the game wasn't fun when they when they were trying to get it out. Um, hmm. Do you think that the time that they took to you know revamp is, is you think it's going to pay off? We see it's not going to pay off so far in a graphic way, but do you do right. you see or think that it will pay off in the long run? So I've got to give Ubi the benefit of the doubt um, because you know we talked about. Uh, last episode or at least we talked about in in a previous episode that I think Ubisoft is the best or the worst best developer publisher in gaming and the reason that they're the worst is because the games never come out on time but one of the reasons that they're the best is that usually when when they miss their dates they miss their release windows and they find the game finally releases. The games are really, really good. You look at Far Cry Three; that was an excellent game. That was a very good um, game. Yeah, I mean, look at the the last Splinter Cell, which you know Splinter Cell has really been you know kind of drugged through the mud, dragged through the mud because uh, varying quality. But Blacklist was very, very good. True. Um, uh, and uh, you know, it took forever to come out, and, and that's that's the thing. One of the things that Yves Gilmour has said, 
and he continues to say, and, and you know, and I've really got to applaud him for doing so. Uh, the CEO, Yves Gilmore, is the CEO of Ubisoft. Is he says that the games will come out when they're ready? They give a forecast, and you know they always miss that forecast, and they always come back and they say the games will come out when they're ready, and 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 they they really they really stick to that. They game the games come out when they are ready, and so my belief is. That when Watch Dogs comes out, it will be the best version of Watch Dogs that it could possibly be. Okay, all right. You so you you've kind of sold me on that. You you should maybe yeah. get a PR job in Ubi. I'm yes, not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. I'm yeah, not mad je, at that. Je parle français un petit peu, un peu. Oh, so, oh, uh, oh. Yeah. He you just called yeah, me a mother. So, you just yeah, called so me like, a motherfucker. It's okay. Right, it's right. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh no. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's the Chicago way. Uh, Chicago way uh, of doing things is is you know we do it when we want to, and and you know who cares what anybody has to say about it. So that's what Ubisoft's doing with Watch Dogs. Um, welcome to Chicago, and uh, you know um, speaking of Chicago, there's there is a game that definitely will have a Harold's like chicken in it. Um, <laughs> Because I've already seen a couple of screenshots, is a, a, a really really interesting and very good uh, article on Polygon about a dev named Michael Block, who is making a game or is at least attempting to make a game called We Are Chicago, um, that we were really excited about. Kyle, why don't you tell us about um, that? Sure. Uh, there was uh, in the article it basically kind of gave a rundown of. This gentleman, Michael, and how he had this experience at this poetry contest. I'm, I'm sorry, the poetry reading uh, where this one uh, young poet basically talked about his life's goal or dream was to live on the north side of Chicago as opposed to the south side of Chicago, south side of Chicago where he was currently living because of all the crazy violence that was going on and, and, and drug dealing and gang culture that was going on on the south side. Uh, Michael kind of felt you know, like he, like he didn't have a, a way to, to, to help or, or, or a way to kind of make it known that you don't need to go to Afghanistan to find things that are wrong right around where you live. And uh, he kind of felt a little bit like, you know, I have some privileged uh, issues here and I maybe can find a way to help in some way. So let me use my dev talents and see if I can help build a game that may be able to speak to some of the issues that are going on in the south side of Chicago. Um, he met a gentleman while doing some uh, volunteer work uh, called Sean Young, who goes by the name of Solo Exhibit. He's a, a, a performer. And uh, they kind of had some, some, some conversations and sat down and talked about, you know, Sean's life and, and what's going on. And Sean would talk about, you know, seeing people get jumped in and having to go to school and, and, and have people want to, try to pull him into gangs and he would go around. He had this one incident where he, he talked to a friend of his, he was working at this one place and he, he, he by mistake just threw up a gang sign. Uh, he was like using his hands to talk and he wound up throwing up a gang sign accidentally. And the guy was like, yo, are you down? Are you in the set? And he was like, no, he's like, no, I'm not in the set. Right. And he basically had to, <laughs> he had to have like his brother come in and who, who wind up, who was actually in a gang at the time kind of back him up and was like, yo, don't touch my brother. I will have to mess you up. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's a telltale 
Walking Dead style kind of game where conversations are key. Um, and it gives a, a peek into the life of a young, a young, a young black man um, in, in a week of that person's life and see what the conversations are had, or conversations that are being had in, the, in those neighborhoods. It's, it's going to be really cool to see how it plays out if he gets the funding that he needs. Um, we, we talked a little bit uh, precast about, you know, what we thought about the, the possibility of Michael being able to do this in a in a constructive way. And, uh, and in the article, they kind of talked about him recognizing his own privilege and how important that was uh, in the beginnings to make sure that he wasn't trying to write this story from a, from a privileged perspective. Um, he kind of grab some folks from within the city who who are in the trenches already through some community act, uh, organizations and things like that and spoke to them and had some of them come on to write the stories that that will be in we are chicago um so i want to applaud him just for that off the off the top and say that was really really smart um that was really very very introspective to do so um, and we can only hope that it'll bring some real uh, conversations about what the violence that ex- that's going on in the inner cities out there. So we, we, we hopefully want to have him on the show at some point. He or Sean or both and see if right. we can talk to them about their experiences making the game, uh, being in those uh, living situations from both angles and what they actually want to accomplish with the game when it comes out. So that'll, that'll be really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, as it, you know, again, as a resident of Chicago, um, and and I've lived exclusively on the north side. Um, uh, I, I can I can tell you guys that don't live here. Um, the south side and the west side struggle is very very real. It is not a game out there. Um, it is it's it's weird how different it is. Um, coming coming from New York, you know, arguably one of the toughest places to to grow up. In, in the country uh, as a as a young black male, um, you know, in, a, in an urban environment, you don't we don't have a sense or at least growing up in the in the you know late 70s, early and mid 80s in the 80s. Uh, we didn't have a sense of gang culture the way that most of America does today and definitely not the way that uh, the gang culture is. In, in Chicago and the South Side now, it's it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So so uh, big ups to to Michael Block for for acknowledging that and and going out and and really trying to to start start the dialogue and you know that's important. That's important for for people that aren't in that environment and are just kind of ignorant to what that environment really is. Um, that that may be interested in gaming and and game culture um you know really big up big up to to this this you know middle class white kid from Sheboygan Wisconsin for you know really being excited about exposing what's what's happening down there in, in a in a non-exploitive way and you know he's just really you know he's going out there to to educate and 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 you know, stimulate, stimulate a dialogue. So, um, you know, if anybody here in Chicago knows Michael Block or, or Sean Young, let them know that we're looking for him. We'll, uh, we'll try and find them and, and get them on the show so that we can, we can talk. Cause you know, they're definitely, they're like, they're hitting, hitting our sweet spot. 
um, with what they're trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see if we can get that. And, and if you guys have a, uh, a couple of questions or anything, uh, once we nail that down, we'll, we'll let you know when to send those in uh, so we can ask those two guys about what's going on. Yeah. Um, but while we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to do our music break and we're going to come right back after that. And we'll hit you off with the rest of the news and the rest of the show. Again, this is episode eight of Spawn on Me. And we'll be back in a minute. MCs are gangsters, and some MCs are thugs, and some MCs be talking about they sell all type of drugs. Some MCs are rich, but most MCs are not, and some MCs innovate while others just bite what is hot. Some MCs are from the burbs, and some are from the hood, but all MCs say, that's what's up, Andrew, and yo, what's good? Some MCs are brilliant in the things they have to say. And some MCs can't seem to tell their lyrics are cliche. But that MC ain't me. That MC ain't me. That MC ain't me. Nah, that MC ain't me. Hey everybody, this is the Spawn On Me cast. We are back from our music break. That track you just heard was Some MCs from Pete Miser from his Honest Mistakes album. That is such a dope track. He is one of my favorite MCs and I'm so happy we could bring that track to you this week. Uh, what did you think of that? Son, it was, it was funky fresh dopeness. I got my cardboard out. My head hurts. My sciatica is going to start acting up because I, I, I just had a flashback. I was... Uh, <laughs> I was I was breaking breaking and bopping, hipping and hopping on Damn. Right. On the ones and twos. Ica, ica, ica. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was I, that is definitely one of my favorite joints off that album. Um, Shout outs to crazy Pete crazy joints. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word, word and more word. Yeah. Um so bringing us back to everything else news based and no more chicken talk because I'm mad hungry. <laughs> um, in, the, in the world of non-chicken news, Amazon just came out with their their new go-to Roku box. That's um, going to basically be the hub, of, the hub of your living room that will Never now that play before. Android-based games. Right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, like, right, not like the awesome. ooh, yeah? Ooh, yeah. No, not. 
No, no, not like the Jodeci box. We don't want anything to do with that one. Um, if anyone can explain to me why people think this is a good idea, I would love to know why. Android-based games are not the dopeness. I have not seen any cool things on the Google Play Store besides all those fake three games. Those fake threes games that have been cloned out there and fake Flappy Bird games that came out as well. Um, so I'm still trying to wrap my mind around why this is supposedly a good idea. Um, if you have any ideas why, please let us know. Feedback at the smallpointblog.com <laughs> and, and let us know why we think that's okay. But it seems like Cicero may have some some reasonings why he may think this may work. So, so, all so right. let us know. So the the Amazon Fire TV, which is what it's called, is it, going to cost 100 bucks um, just for the box itself. It's a quad core quad core box with two gigs of ram is pretty beefy that's i mean uh in terms of in terms of a a streaming set top box it is by far the most powerful of those types of boxes the gaming peripheral there will be games available um you can play them with the the little cheesy chintzy remote that's going to come with it or you can play with play use it uh you can play the games using the controller um, that's sold separately for forty bucks. Um, that essentially looks like looks exactly like an Xbox 360 controller. Um, I know Ka said that he he had been checking the blogosphere, and there there were some less than positive things that were said about it. Um, but you know, it, to me, it, like it's it's at this point. It's it's hard, in my opinion, to really screw up a controller. Um, you know, people may not like the feel of it one way or, or the other, but I think that really comes down to preference. Um, you know, this we're we're long removed from the original Xbox's Duke controller, so um, right. yeah. So I I think that part is fine. Um, as far as who this is for, um, I think. Amazon went out and they marketed it. They marketed it. it. They marketed. <laughs> they marketed this uh, this product to the tech savvies of the world. The you know younger Gen Xs like us, um, uh, the Gen Yers and millennials. Um, but I think that that's the wrong demographic to hit. I think the demographic that they should be trying to hit are their parents. Uh, you know, Gen Wire's parents or a millennials parents, you know, uh, my parents, um, you know, people who don't have smart TVs or our grandparents and little, you know, little Timmy is is going to come and visit grandma. So so uh, Becca or, I, you know, I don't know where I come up with these <laughs> names, but <laughs> but. <laughs> Run, roll with me. Becca's the mom. Timmy's the kid. Well, uh, who, who was it last time? Tucker, Aunt Tucker, Bitsy? right? Bitsy, Bitsy, Bitsy. Aunt, before Aunt Bitsy, yeah. Becca, Bet, Becca, and Bitsy. That's that's Bitsy is Becca's sister, and and Bitsy's son is named Tucker. So Timmy, I think Cicero sees dead people. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, so now you're learning a lot about our host. One host loves to take pictures of people's hair. The other one sees dead people, dead dead yuppies. <laughs> <laughs> they're walking oh. around. They think they're regular yuppies. Um, but, <laughs> but, so, so, uh, 
Becca and Timmy go over to Grandma's house, and Becca, instead of bringing the Wii or the Xbox or whatever it is, she can bring over the small set-top box, plug it in via HDMI, and along with the other instructions, make sure his medicine is at this time, and you know, give him a cookie that now. You you uh, set up the Wi-Fi. There is an Ethernet port, so you can hardwire it. Um, set up the Wi-Fi. You've got the controller. Boom. Now Timmy can play some really subpar Android games. Um, and you or mean all Android games yeah. <laughs> are subpar. Right. I didn't want to say that out loud. But, I guess that was my inner voice talking. Right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All Android games are so par. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So he can, you know, he can play. He can play some Android games. He can play, uh, or he can watch some Hulu or Netflix or Amazon Instant. Um, you know. So I mean, there, there, there definitely is a place for something like this, and it's called a Chromecast. Um, so, you know, it, the, the interesting thing is going to be whether or not this thing really actually sells because the Roku is 50 bucks and it does all of the things that, that this thing wants to do except for the gaming portion of it. Um, the Chromecast is 35 bucks, does all of the same things. Um, but it doesn't give you access to Amazon instant. And the other thing that the Fire TV does that none of the other boxes does is that you can talk to it and it works. Um, so, you know, I don't know how much of a selling point that will be for lots of people. Um, it may be. Uh, it, it is definitely a portion of my Xbox that I use quite frequently. Um, so, you know, maybe having conversations with inanimate objects is is going to be the new VR um, and and we'll <laughs> we'll start to see lots of lots of products that will allow you to conversationally speak with your with your uh, devices. But, uh, well, you know, that time will time will tell time will tell. Yeah. Um, as, yeah. as far as as far as gaming on those types of things, the, the types of games that I play, types of Android phone and mobile device games that I play are designed for quick, you know, five, seven minute game sessions and, and their touch base. And, you know, these aren't games. I never have the desire to cast those games up onto my big screen. They're, you know, they're games that are meant for these smaller screens and they're perfectly fine there. They don't have to, to go anyplace else. So I don't really see a need for to to be able to play Android-based games on my big screen TV, and then all of the smart stuff that it does. I've got seven or eight devices. You know, anybody here with a gaming console that was built in the last four or five years has the ability to, to do all of the stuff that this thing can do. Yeah, it's the the weird the weird thing to me. The weird spin on this is we've already kind of seen in at least on the iOS side. There have been lots of games that were good um, that came out with the premise of saying, look, we can make this multifunction. We can make you have a it can be just be touch controls. It can have virtual sticks. Um, it, it can be put on multiple platforms. But the, the weird thing is there hasn't really been that transition between mobile gaming and home gaming. 
um, you're, you're kind of noticed, especially if you have a Vita at this point, you can remote play most of your games right. um, from your PS4 onto your Vita. And the, and the control schemes seem to be pretty much one-to-one. They, they, they translate really well. It, I don't think the opposite usually actually works is when you go from mobile to uh, mobile to, to console kind of based gaming. Right. Uh, most, most games that are built for mobile don't, don't and aren't, aren't made to be used with controllers. Right. And it doesn't necessarily make the experience better. It just makes the experiences, experiences more confusing. Um, the, the games that I actually play right now on my mobile devices, they, they only are touch-based games because they've been thought to be made that way from the ground up. Um, so trying to, you know, smush something from one device to the other and say, well, now that you have the ability to have a controller with it that Amazon wants to do, I don't know if that's really the move. Um, I, I feel that it's going to be something in which this is going to be like the, the bastard console of the house. <laughs> it'll, it'll be, it'll be, the, it'll be, it's like, it's like the Thanksgiving table. That's the kid's table right. kind of console right. thing right. where, you know, it will be something where, you know, if your parents aren't tech savvy or if the, or if the people in the house aren't tech savvy, you can say, oh, okay, you want to play that angry, angry pigeon game, right? Right. That pigeon angry game that you wanted to play. <laughs> the thing that the kids, the thing that the kids play. Angry avians. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be something like that where people, you know, they they make up whatever fake name that goes with that game and and, and try to give it to the kid to play. And and you know, again, we have to see what their dis- distribution model is going to be. We see how it is with, you know, is it just going to be an online thing where you need another? Um, maybe I guess it'll just be tied to your Amazon account. So whatever you buy, you just play it that way. Um, but you know, I think they missed an opportunity to maybe get in with some of the other companies. I know it's hard because you don't want to have multiple companies touching in that way, but I would much rather have seen Amazon figure out a way to get with Microsoft or Sony on this and say, we know that you guys have some, some, some online digital sales that you want to get off your hands. And maybe we can find a way to make this a portal in which you can have people play your games through our, through our console as well. Um, that would have been, that would have been interesting. They both, uh, they, they both have, um, cloud-based ser- they all have cloud-based services at this point so to see them maybe do that would have been fun maybe get some gaikai business in there as well um but since they didn't do that they're gonna deal with android-based games right, right. <laughs> well well yeah so i mean the the thing about it is amazon you know or we've got to remember that amazon is uh, while they've you know they provide services they're basically a giant store you know and and they can't really be shown giving preference to one competitor over another because you know then then the competitor that feels jilted will take their you know take their ball and go home presumably right um you know and i I don't know i don't know who that hurts uh when it's all said and done but um as far as as far as the streaming option I, i i'm sure if they went to sony sony would tell them to go you know Go do something with themselves because they've got Gaikai, you know, and, and now they've got PlayStation now um, where I mean, they've invested a lot of money in getting that framework up and and now they're doing the beta testing for a PlayStation now. So as, as far as Sony's concerned, I would think that they feel pretty confident and comfortable with where they are in, in that space. Right. Um, Maybe an, it would have been kind of interesting, honestly, to see 
maybe if they kind of moved over with Nintendo, hmm. since since Nintendo doesn't really have an online platform to really speak of, they don't in a real in way. Online. Yeah, <laughs> they don't believe in online. That's yeah, it's just it, it, a fad. <laughs> <laughs> this online thing is never going to catch on. Right. Says Awada. Yes. Um but it, I think maybe you know it would have been. I, I would have much rather that than to jump on the again the Android uh, train, which I don't see as a train going anywhere anytime soon. Right. So that's enough of my hate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, we we spent a lot of time. We spent a lot of time uh, dealing with confusion and hate, and I've spent a lot of time dealing with confusion and hate uh, when it comes to my favorite pastime, which is Battlefield Four. Um, my favorite hate hate pastime, Battlefield Four. Um, I love the game, but I hate it. If you're if you're a player of of the game as well, you probably understand my frustration. I talked about it last week. We played Mad Tag. I was it, and uh, I talked about how you know if you're gonna come out with a DLC, the Naval Strike DLC, then put it out when you say you're gonna put it out, or don't put it out until they're all ready. Um, and the PlayStation 4 version was ready. The Xbox One version was not. The PC version was not. The day after we finished recording and I, I went on my rant, the Xbox One version came up. The PC version is still up or, or is still not up or it just came up. I'm not positive. I think a day. I think maybe a couple of days ago. Okay. It came up. Yeah. So... So they're finally all up, but you know, staggered staggered launches is never is never the move. Um, so, but it is up. That's that's all well and good. the The things that I love about Battlefield Four when it is working is it's a great immersive FPS. Uh, probably the best FPS in my opinion um, that's out right now on on uh, the X One and PS Four. Um, and that includes Titanfall. Um, but one of the things that, that really makes me love dice is adding Easter eggs like Megalodon, the giant effing shark from the sci-fi <laughs> channel, uh, movie of the, the terrible movies. Uh, if you go to, if you've got uh, Naval Strike and you go to the non, non-Sha Strike map. There is a buoy in the water. Ten people need to go around the buoy. And then the Megalodon will come out. It <laughs> is amazing. Amazing. Uh, like, there's, there, there are no words to describe. Like, the opposite of Mad Tag is what Megalodon is. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw some video. They had this chopper. Uh, angle on it and the chopper was like hovering over where the megalodon was supposed to jump out and then it's just like the biggest shark ever (laughs) it takes over half the screen and the cool thing the part I really love is the fact that it's not like when people go around the buoy it just jumps out of the water and doesn't do anything it like crashes into the people and they all die right (laughs) that's so dope that is so dope it like actually kills the people who went and trooped all the way out into the water to go see it so i that that's cool it's way better than the one that they have on um uh i forgot a transmission the transmission map okay uh with the big uh uh, satellite dish and stuff but there's two points on the map where if you both hit these buttons simultaneously you'll see this you hear this dinosaur growl in the background 
and all the trees and everything will start to sway and it's like Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park all yeah Jurassic Park all over the over over again. Um, way better. They get they get props for doing that. Um, it just makes me really wish though that they would do more evolutions. Levolution, Levolution. Um, um, I wish they would do more of those because those are the thing that made Battlefield Four really, really dope. Um, they seem to not be putting them in, and I'm kind of sad about that. Well, I, so you know, I hate to be the bringer of bad news, um, but I think the Levolutions have come and gone for for this iteration of Battlefield. Um, and, and instead of Levolutions, you're gonna see little touches. Of of destructible things, little goofy, neat tidbits that you'll see from here, you know, here and there on each map. Um, the, my assumption is that it takes a lot. It took a lot of programming energy to design the level and then design whatever the, whatever thing was going to uh, levolutionize. Um, I hate, TTM, right, right, exactly. Um, and and so I, I I don't think that they had the time or the resources to to um to really invest in in coming up with more more levolutions. Yes, it's Prince and the Levolution. yeah it would be cool though i would like to see that it makes me really want a battlefield in in space at this point though it makes me want that futuristic 2042 kind of battlefield that we haven't gotten yet so to see if they could do something like that with levolutions in it will be ridiculously dope ridiculously dope yeah yeah so i mean we'll see levolution for all yeah levolution for all yeah um, it looks like this kid <laughs> revolutionized his parents, <laughs> his parents' password protection on, on his Xbox One. Um, there's, there's a young kid. What was his name? See, his name is Christopher Von Hassel, who uh, has the, the dopest name. Yes, the, of the San Diego Von Hassels. Of the Von Hassels, not to be not to be compared to the to the Hasselhoffs. Yes, the, but yes. the Von Hassels. Um, he basically bust out some Konami code business and, and figured out a way to bypass his dad's security on the Xbox, which if you're an Xbox owner, I'm not sure if that is really comforting to you <laughs> that a five-year-old can basically break through your passwords that you've just put on there to keep him out. Right. Uh, but that was really, really funny. I, I read that story this week and I said, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> How does that work? You can't just punch on things and, and, and break them and they actually open up like that. Uh, apparently it can. Um, and appa- apparently this isn't his first time. He's a repeat offender. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so what, uh, little KVH was able to do was, uh, he, his, his dad put his password in or set it up so that when he logs in, he's got, you got to put a password in on his Xbox one. And little Chris did what little Chris did was he just put in a bunch of spaces and then hit enter. And apparently that was the back door for <laughs> for wow. Microsoft. Um, yeah, it was great. Great security there. Um, but this this isn't his this isn't his first time. He is some kind of savant. Little little Chris is uh, when he was one years old, he bypassed the security settings on his dad's cell phone. 
by holding the home button down for a few seconds. Like, who does that? Who does that? <laughs> this kid this kid is some kind of wonderkin. I really honestly believe that, you know, when if you look through KVH's eyes, he sees everything like Neo in the Matrix. He is the one. The spoon is not the a spoon. spoon. <laughs> there is no spoon. There is no spoon. So yeah. so is is he Neo or is the great Neo Neo? I don't I, I don't I don't know. He may be the Oracle, right. but, but the great Neo, the great Neo X who is now my favorite person in the in the fighting game community. He is my favorite commentator of all time in the FGC at this point. <laughs> debuted, I'm not going to say debuted cuz I don't know if he debuted, but he came into my life <laughs> this past weekend during Texas Showdown 2014. And he is now, again, I will say it, my favoriteest person on the planet. We're going to play a clip right now just so you can just you can absorb and bask in the greatness of the great Neo X. Uh, he absolutely is my favorite. So we're going to let you hear that real quick and we'll be right back after that. He didn't even get a round. Well, he got one round. He got Are one you round. serious? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see how it goes this time. We never know. You never know how it's going to play out. Let's see how it happens. Wow, he got right behind them in that match. They are going they, into it oh right God. now. They are going <laughs> right into it. Look at that damage. What? He's like, that was a fluke, dude. When have raw you tag. ever beat me? Raw tag. Oh, he did not raw tag. He tag crashed. He's like, screw He's that, like, dude. He was like, it's going Oh, my God. They are not. They're not moving. They're just hitting by. Rock and like, <laughs> like going on. All right, we're back. That is amazing. <laughs> That is amazing. Uh, yeah. I don't care what you say. There's nothing that you can say to make me change my mind. Neo X is the best ever, best thing to ever happen to fighting games and to fighting game commentary. Ultra Chen, you are, you have been put on notice. Ski Sonic, you have been put on notice. I, the, the, here's the here's the deal. So Tekken was being played. It's like late at night. It's like one o'clock in the morning Eastern time, and I hate Tekken. At this point, Tekken is, is, is pretty boring to me. I'm an Injustice fan. I'm a Mortal, Mortal Kombat fan. And Tekken is pretty boring. So I'm, I'm like about to basically turn off my browser. And the sound bellows from my, from my, my speakers. <laughs> and, it, and it's just amazing. It's like it, it's everything that's good in the world. The, the, the crazy thing is this. So you, you, heard the, you heard the clip. And I'm sure that there are some... some some attributes that people want to attach to this to this gentleman because of he, he has he has a pretty high voice. People would would even maybe say was a little bit effeminate. And you, and the, you know the fighting game community has never been one to mince words. They have never been the ones to be PC in any kind of form or fashion. Right. <laughs> so if if you hear that gentleman's voice and you and then you would attach whatever you'd like to attach to that, I'm sure you can understand going into the comments or, and into the chat what was being said about him, right? So. It was funny because in the first 10 minutes, people were like, get this blankety blank blank off the stream. This is terrible. <laughs> da, 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 da. But through his magic, through his through his sense and knowledge of both the sport and just his personality and the fact that he sounds like he was, ex- he was like having so much fun while doing commentary, he totally flipped the room. And it was awesome to see. It was like one of those crazy things where it's the like slow clap. He, 
Yeah, it was like a slow clap, but it was also dope because all the people who were talking massive amounts of crap started to kind of flip, and it was it was pretty dope to see. It, it's hard to kind of explain the the kind of zeitgeist that happened uh, the other night, but it you know in a, in a world in which people can be pretty intolerant in a world in a world which is actually a really good movie. You yes, should go see. it is. Anyway, it is a really good movie. Um, in a, in a world where people can be pretty intolerant. You know, people are not necessarily being mature in the spaces of not just the fighting game community, but in the gaming communities in general. It was really nice to see them let this dude rock and hang out and do what he needed to do. And it didn't seem like there was any judgment from any end on anybody's plate. And that was uh, anybody's plate that mattered. Right. You know, he had a co he had a co uh, commentator with him. And it, and it was it was just really fun to see. It made it really brought a, a smile to my face. And I think Neo X, if you were out there, I, I would you would be great to have on the show. <laughs> yes, I, honestly, yes. I really yes. think you would be so dope to yeah. come on the show. Yeah. I'm gonna find out a way if I can get in contact with Neo X. If there's anybody who knows any way to get in contact with Neo X, please do. Please please let us know. Yeah, because I would love to have yeah. him on and let him talk about the fighting game community and Tekken and all that stuff. So that would can, be dope. So we could he could be we could be blessed with his with his presence because yeah. he's he is super super dope. Yeah, um, that would be dope. And and the, and the the commentary again, you know, was was fun. It was a lot of fun. It made me actually for the first time in a long time watch a Tekken stream and not automatically turn it off. So and that was and that was a lot of the kind of the consensus in the room was like I have never watched a Tekken stream until now. Hmm. Thank you, Neo X. Wow, you have my vote for president. There you go. That's all. That's all that matters. So yeah. all right. Well, well. So so now we know two things about Kyle. First is he likes staring at people's hair on on the on the subway. And, true. and secondly, all you need in order to become the le- to get his vote for the leader of the free world is a dope sounding voice when doing uh, uh, fighting fighting commentaries for games that he doesn't like. I'll tell you this: if if Rand Paul were to do fighting game commentary the way Neo X did fighting game commentary, he might get my vote. Oh, there it is. There it is. He might get my vote. That's a lie. And, he will and, never get my and he's vote. got a Brady perm. Oh, and he has nice. He has nice hair. Right. No, right. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh no. Oh, so wait. That actually goes right into our next story. Speaking of nice hair, Anthony Carboni. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Carboni, who is formerly of Rev Three, uh, and his and 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 his his friend and mentor. I would say a little bit. Uh, Adam Sessler have both left Rev Three uh, to go to greener pastures, as, as it seems. Uh, Sessler basically wrote on his blog, he's kind of moving out of the game space. He wants to go maybe do something behind the scenes uh, and possibly do some maybe writing or something else. Um, Carbo- Carboni, we're not we're not necessarily sure where he's gone uh, or where he's going, I should say. Uh, but he does have one of the dopest beards in the game. His beard <laughs> shape ups are on point, yeah. and makes me wish that I had better facial hair that would allow me to do that. But it does not. Um, but Sessler, I'm really sad to see go. He is absolutely one of the reasons why this why Spawn Point is in existence, why Spawn Me is, is is in existence, yeah. and one of the reasons why I you know I write the way I write about games a little bit is because of Sessler. Um, I think he was kind of, he is one of the people I hate to talk to him as like as if he's dead, but he's not. 
uh, but, but but he was always willing to be a wordsmith, and I appreciate that. I think right. vocabulary is dope. Right. I think you can show to a certain extent that you are intelligent through your vocabulary, uh, and and that you can you can be wordy without being smarmy or being kind of a douchebag mm-hmm. with your with your intelligence. And I think that that was really cool that he brought that to the table. Um, Carboni was just a really a really funny dude just to have around. He he had a, he had a great sense of style. Uh, that he brought to that he brought to the table, and was pretty you know on the button with a lot of games that he reviewed and talked about. Um, so it'll be sad to see those two guys go. Um, but uh, C and I were talking about this, and I brought this up on Twitter. Uh, this maybe leaves an opening for some for some other people to take those spots. And um, you know, shout out to Eight Bit Animal who helped me to, to to shout this out on Twitter at Rev Three. Um, but. We wanted to see if there were maybe some people of color that might be able to take those spots. Um, Cicero and I, we, we kind of looked at the staff page, and it is very, very white. Yeah, and there's not, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But we want to, we want to see if there's spaces for people of color to not, not invade. I hate that word, but it's also to, to, to engage the community, especially in gaming, in a way that isn't done a lot. You know, a lot of times we're we're on the, the sidelines, either in production or. Uh, being a YouTube YouTube personality, but there aren't a lot of people who are f- on on camera, in the front in the forefront, telling you about the games that they like, and 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 being a spokesperson for for themselves in gaming. So right. uh, we kind of put that out there under the hashtag Rev Three POC. Um, if there are any people that you'd like to see in that space or in those spaces, let us know. Shout us out. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook and. You know, let us know if there are some people that we wanted to see, or that you'd like to see, I should say. See, right. um, do you have any ideas of anybody you'd like to, to, to push out there? Um, well, since I already know who you're going to say, I won't say those people. Fine. Um, uh, you know, I would, I will say, I will say, I'm going to steal Aisha Tyler. Um, okay. She, she's, she's a person, you know, obviously she's, you know, she's a, a person of color. Um, who's a very, very passionate and vocal gamer. Um, her, her Q rating might be a little bit too high for Rev3. Right. Um, but I would love to see, I know that she does, um, she does a, a podcast and I forget the name of her podcast, but I know that on Twitter she uses the hashtag girlwood a lot. Um, right. But, you know, I would love to see her do something where people are able to see her face and have her talk about games outside of the Ubisoft E3 presentation, which, which you know, always meets with mixed reviews. Right, um, right. But, you know, I, you know it, it's, she is definitely a personality that that uh, you know more either more gamers should be aware of or that more gamers should see more of um, the, another person that people may not know that really was an inspiration to me um, is uh, uh, his name is Paris he's uh, vicious 696 on Twitter uh, one of the co-hosts of gamertag radio uh, with, with uh, Godfrey Godfrey and and the gang shout out to Gamertag Radio they're doing great things over there um but he's you know a, again he's a guy around our age uh he's a brother he's got family but he's able to articulate his feelings whether that you know whether you feel 
like-minded or or indifferent about what he's saying he speaks about it passionately and he he speaks about it very clearly clearly very clearly um (laughs) so so that so that you can really understand the 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 thought behind what he's what he has to say and i you know i think it would be great for him to be able to to expand his horizons um right you know uh obviously i would think that you would be a great person to to be on there as i do you sir oh well thank you sir Thank you, sir. So now, now that we've cleared that up, right. we can we can not use the hashtag. Right, right. So we should just hashtag ourselves. Right, exactly. Who would? But who, you know, but <laughs> who would you like to see? Um, th- there's a couple people who are uh, top of mind who I think would definitely be awesome to see. Um, I really love the way Evan Narcissus writes. Right. Um, okay. I think he would be really interesting to put in front of the camera. Uh, and Guy Kroll already has some screen time. He's been doing stuff on uh the game uh god what is that with um with keely he was used to do oh, stuff right, with keely right. a lot yeah yeah exactly. um he would be awesome to put in front of the camera because right. he's super articulate and really really on point with most of his games criticism um but i'm gonna bust out somebody who you may not have heard about in a long time okay this is a, this is a surprise huh. uh a candidate that i think would be kind of cool just as a throwback okay i want the host of Nick Arcade, Phil Moore, <laughs> to make his comeback in his debut on Rev Three, and I want him to be the dude that comes back and is on TV talking about. I'm sorry, on internet television talking about video games, and that would be dope. I mean, that was I 20 think, years ago. <laughs> I don't care. So what? So what? He he would be dope. dope. I think it would be uh, great. If you can mix him now with the with the, the, the VR movement, you can really have Nick Arcade back in the way that it should be. I'm saying you're laughing, but I'm saying I'm on to I have I have like gold, man. It's like gold. Uh, yes. I'm go, it's, that's gold, Jerry. Gold. It's gold. It's gold. But but I think that there are people. I think there's some up and coming people right. who are in the spaces who um who who have talent, um, who can be on camera. Who don't play Evan? Who don't play into some of the stereotypes that we don't want to to, to have conveyed out there? <clears throat> Hip hop gaming. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and and you know we'll, we'll help push, you know, the idea of having smart black people on TV, right? On TV, right? Right. Um, and talking about things that they love. Right. So, you know, if it can work for Neil Tyson DeGrasse, it can work for us. Right. Right. And we can we can make it happen in the gaming space. Yeah. Speaking of which, if you guys aren't watching Cosmos. Uh, there's something wrong with you. Um, yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I mean it. The I mean the thing the thing about it is, and you know, I know that that for some of our listeners that aren't necessarily people of color, um, it's it's sometimes uncomfortable for us to talk about race. And, and, you know, in a very proactive manner. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to apologize for doing that. Um, I think it's very important for us to be able to go out there. And, and I think, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the, the aspects of this show that will will always be consistent is that this show is definitely going to be a place for people of color to come to come and promote their wares when when they don't necessarily have that opportunity to do so other places. Um, think of us as kind of the Arsenio Hall show 
of of podcasts. The pre uh, the pre Farrakhan yeah right pre Farrakhan before we get canceled so before we get canceled um but but you know I, I I'm I'm gonna say that that I've been a gamer all my life and um I've yet to really I could count on on one hand kind of like the conversation that I had about about uh you know positive black protagonists I can count on one hand the number of people in and games journalism over my lifetime that have that I've been able to see that look like me um and and it's it's weird because I know plenty of people that look like me that play games and feel right. very passionate feel very passionately about games um and and can speak eloquently about about the subject um, but, uh, you know, I don't see that necessarily represented within the industry, um, which is one of the reasons that that, you know, I'm I'm here today and, and I'm talking to you guys right now, um, because it doesn't mean that every time I see a game or I see a subject that I'm looking at it from the black perspective but it does mean that there will be times when I am and you're and, you know, and and other journalists will not. And I think that that's that's important. And, and you know, it's important for for everyone, for the betterment of everyone to really think about where, you know, where the game space is, how we're maturing as an industry, um, you know, how we can be more inclusive, all of those things. All of those things are uh, kind of permeate through through race and diversity, and you know, um, just cultural cultural overtones. So, absolutely, yeah. I, that was that was actually extremely well put, and I, that was exactly what I would want to say as far as that goes. Bang bang, shots fired, shots. So, yeah. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. what resolution is your TV, son? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna do it, son. I'm gonna do it, son. Oh no! Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. So okay, I, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna say there are we like like we said before. This is this is a a second coming of the same episode, and in each iteration of this episode, one thing has definitely remained true, and 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 that's been our uh, I, I guess some would say unprovoked. But I would say provoked mention of a of a certain uh, of a certain personality. I won't call him a journalist um, because you would have to actually be able to write in order to be a journalist. But there's mm-hmm. a certain personality that's out there, and his name is Hip Hop Gamer, um, and and he he's exactly what he what he says he is. Um, he is hip hop and a gamer. And he's got a belt and it spins around. It's the John Cena belt. And he's, you know, he's he's dope at what he does. And and, you know, I will give him props for that. But the problem that I have with him is that when I'm looking for someone that looks like me to represent me, me and my thoughts and my ideas and to, you know, to, to be able to open a dialogue with that person or stimulate, stimulate a dialogue within myself. He is the opposite of that. And I think he could potentially do 
us a disservice because he is entertaining uh, as as an entertainment figure um, in the game space, but he's not informative. So and that's that part is, you know, that part is key. Um, right. And to bring it and to bring it back really quickly before yeah. we, before we boogie out of here. Right. Um, it, it's it's one of those things that we you know, when I started Spawn Point and when I started Spawn on me, I said, I want to bring uh, a, a higher level of discourse to to the platforms for people of color, not just for us, but for but mainly for us in a way that we can have discussions that don't put us in positions where we can kind of fit into the stereotypes that have already been laid out for us. Right. And that for me has been extremely important. And that has to go back to the Rev3 story in which we really want there to be. And, and I hope that, you know, it, it's easier to pick an HHG for a position like that because he has a lot of internet cachet, but I would want other people to be in that, in that space to balance that out. And I think that balance is really important. And I think that if we push for that balance, we might be able to see that balance. And that will be what we actually get out of our entertainment and what we will be able to show as being the, the, the other side of the coin uh, in the game space. You know, so that was that was eloquently put. When when I grow up, I want to be just like you, sir. That was not nah, son. That was I want to be like you because you have hair. Yeah. So. <laughs> so on that note. Uh, this has been episode eight. We want to thank you guys so much for being a part of yeah. the show, being part of the site. Um, I'll hit you with all the social media stuff. I am Kajakins on Twitter. Uh, also, you can find us at Spawn on Me and at Spawn Point Blog. See, hit them with your social media business. I am at Stubby Stan on the Twitters, and you can uh, also find us on Facebook on. Uh, the Spawn Point blog, the Spawn Point, the Spawn Point gaming blog. Uh, you know, I got to keep it going. I always mess that up every week, so so you know, I got to I got to keep that going. So find us on there, like us, like us there. Uh, continue the conversations, keep that going. Make sure to uh, like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting. Uh, venue of choice, the Stitchers, the Libsons, or the iTunes. Please, 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 please rate us um, so that we, you know, and, uh, rate us honestly, so so that we know how we're doing, um, so that so that other people can be aware of us, and so that we can be better for you. Absolutely, and um, we'll have some show notes to go up with this show with some links yeah. uh, and all that good stuff. And we will see you guys next week. We may may have a guest a very oh, special yeah, guest that's right. that's and that right. would be absolutely dope if he can come on through yeah uh, so be be ready for that and be ready for us coming back to you next week so again this is episode eight much love and we'll speak to you guys soon Pray.